0: Father, we thank you so much for the chance to be together this morning. Thank you for our lives. Thank you for life. Thank you, Lord, for those with whom you surround us, even when it can be hard to be thankful for them. Lord, life can be hard for us. Help us to be mindful that everyone around us has stories. Help us to be mindful when we come into conflict with others that we are loved by you and they are loved by you. Help us, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us the, um, the right things to say and the right things not to say, and the t- know the times to walk away. Father, help us to discern what your will is in our lives, and your will is in our lives as we deal with others. We thank you, Lord, for this time together now. It's in your son's and we pray. Amen.
1: Come on in. He brought me coffee.
0: Oh, I that is high. so thoughtful. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Or he's down to double double-handed drinking early. Yeah, for somebody else. I'm Steve Joyner, uh, I'll let him introduce himself in a minute. So uh, Matt and I are really excited about being with you guys and teaching this course. I, I'll be—I'll admit Matt kind of brought me into this thing, kicking and streaming <laughs> because I was like, nobody wants to buy a class on conflict in church, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. And, and Matt pointed out pretty clearly. Uh, speaking of conflict and trouble there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: but nothing nothing gets your nothing gets your fortune but the <laughs> floor let's listening closely. The uh, but we're we're really I you know I said people do people want to do this, but the more we talked about it, you know, churches, um, church is this place that because of how we do it and kind of how we do things, um, it can almost be a petri dish for people not knowing how to behave sometimes mm-hmm. right and and I think we're going to talk about some principles that will help us manage when when things get difficult or people get difficult. I want to introduce ourselves like I said I'm Steve Joyner. Um what I do for a living is I'm the dean of the college of leadership and public service out of Lipscomb and uh, my uh, area of field of practice is conflict management and I probably worked with I don't know, 100, to 150 churches over the years in different kind of conflict settings. And, and I'll say this, uh, churches tend not to call us when they've driven the bus in the ditch, they turn the bus, they drive that bus in the ditch, they turn that bus upside down, then they set the bus on fire. <laughs> then they call and say, what do we do to kind of get this thing worked out? I think as people sometimes do that. So we'll talk about this more, but I'm looking forward to being with you. This will be a very much a dialogue. Uh, back and forth, and uh, hopefully we'll
0: learn from each other. Matt, my, my name is Matt Milligan, and I'm the academic director for the Institute of Conflict Management. Uh, this is my boss. <laughs> He's the first boss I've ever had in my professional career, um, and, and, and so there's, there's conflict, right? And we well, won't have that for y'all uh, while we're here. I spent uh, 12 years as a criminal defense attorney, and so I engage conflict management in a very different way than Steve. Uh, Steve had a back his background in ministry.
1: Yeah, so I spent 15 years of full-time ministry and I've been in higher ed since then,
0: yeah. Right, and so um, the things he's experienced are both similar and very different from the things I've experienced. A lot of times when people have conflict, it winds up on something we call an indictment, right? Um, And so I got to deal with that, but I also got to deal with systems and got to see how systems create um, and so that's an important thing when we look at this and we look at the different kinds of conflict that exist on different levels, we'll be able to impact that together as well. We're really happy you're here. What we want to start with is just getting an idea of ground rules for the class. Go ahead, Steve. Well, the deal is we go almost anywhere, right? We could talk about
1: marriages, we could talk about kids, we could talk about neighbors. You could talk about how you don't like the, the person, another person in this room. We could talk about all kinds of things. And so a course like this, I think we kind of need to set some kind of ground rules or expectations of kind of what we're going to accomplish, what we're going to talk about, and probably what we won't chase, right? So one is, one of the things we want to do is develop kind of a healthy theology of conflict. I'm not sure that we as Christians have ever really thought about, we thought about, you know, verses like, you know, treat others better than yourselves. But we really haven't looked at any kind of systemic way that we engage difficult or difficult people. and so hopefully one thing is when you leave, you'll have kind of a better understanding of your theology of conflict. We'll talk about this later. To me, that word theology is a big word for basically this. What do you really believe Scripture says about it and how's your life experience prepped you for it? Those two things make a theology. people all the time. I, mean, I get kind of tickled when one of the interesting uh, weaknesses of our movements, the idea somehow that we can divorce our life experience from how we read scripture. But the fact is the stuff that's happened to you previously will shape how you think God sees stuff. So we'll kind of have a healthy that, right? Uh, second is we're gonna give some tools. I mean we're gonna give you a little t- we tell people all the time we're gonna give you a tool chest. When you walk by time if you hang with us and you guys all don't decide something else looks better after a week <laughs> or two. Uh, you'll have some ways that you oh could see it. I could do this. I could talk this way. I can try this. You're actually having a little tool chest. You can pull out next time you engage some pretty
0: difficult people. All right. But here's what this class is not. All right. Uh, first of all, this is not marriage counseling. So it's really good. Yeah.
1: Don't talk. Don't run down your spouse in class, even if they're here.
0: Right. Even if they're sitting over in the corner, don't do that. Yeah. And the second is. Rachel.
1: I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs>
0: this is not uh, a fake Bible study. What we mean by that is. You know, Steve and I aren't going out and with a point to make and then finding a scripture to grab to make that
1: point. I I think you see, and there's a lot of material out there that calls itself in the field of, of Christian conflict management that's exactly that. So you can go buy a book and it's going to quote a bunch of scriptures at you out of context and tell you that, you know, you do these things, it's all going to be okay. We're pretty sure it's not. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, we're not going to sit there and, you know, oh, we're going to pull out Matthew 18, that we've become a Matthew 18 church, or, you know, whatever. Uh, that usually is the recipe for disaster when you have difficult people. So we're not going to kind of do what I call the fake Bible study stuff. That was my term, so I felt obligated to describe it.
0: I'm really glad you own that. Okay. In this class, though, we will be interactive. Today, you will be interactive. You are probably going to get up and move around the class. Alert. If you have a bad angle, let me know now, okay? To help you out. We will also keep the conversation moving, and most importantly, we will try to avoid a complaint session about church in general. Alright? We've all had it. Let's just do this now. Who here has had a bad church experience in the
1: past? Use both hands if you want to. If okay.
0: <laughs> you need a foot, put it in the air, right? We've been there. Okay. Now let's talk about the definition of conflict. This is a definition of conflict not the only definition of conflict, but we'll use this kind of as a starting point for us. Conflict involves struggle between two or more entities, that can be people or systems, right? Values, think of conflicts that arise over different values. Or a competition for status, power, or scarce resources. What jumps out at you when you look at this definition? What word or idea jumps out at you? Status. Tell me about that. In, in a work situation, trying to figure out who, you know, the competition that arises between two people doing a similar job and wanting more recognition so okay. your status as an employee or as a, as a teammate. Okay, that's good. I'm sure there are some people like, yes, for identifying with exactly what you just said. What else jumps out at you about this definition? Secure resource. resources. Scarce uh, resources. In the church, there may be resources in different ministries are for that's right. Power, money. That's you, ever, right. you
1: ever seen anybody feel like somebody else got more money, got more attention, mm-hmm. got in more stuff, and you're trying to do work, and you're not getting it, you know, that stuff rises, right? Yeah. What else?
0: I was saying struggle. Uh, it just seems like an active word. As opposed yes. to like sometimes conflict and sometimes seem more passive and just kind of existing. That's right. This definition seems like struggle is more active, and it can be every day, right?
1: And so some things we know about conflict. There's at least several kinds. I'm gonna break it. You know, I'm really good at conflict for dummies because it works better for me. But uh, there's really I kind of break conflict at two types. There's the type that's more acute, or you know, that it's, it's a deal that that can be resolved, right? That's one kind. There's there's a, and it's usually time based or issue based. Over a period of time, I got it. You know, my granddaughter has a teacher she doesn't like in the third grade, and she's a little mouthy. both the teacher and the granddaughter, right? And so this is a constant issue, but what we know is third grade ends, and then, right, unless she moves on, that'd be like a nightmare if she went to fourth. But, uh, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But then, and so we have those, I got a boss, I got this thing, but then there's the the hard ones of the enduring topics are chronic, that there's really no quick end in sight. these are people is that making sense there's people you deal with every day there can be constant conflict and those are more difficult to resolve and takes more giftedness and more nuance to kind of manage is that making sense and and so i i think that's there's competition there's struggle it can be short but the ones that really eat us up are the enduring ones it's
0: hard i uh, I, I tell a story all the time about rituals grandmother when I... Don't this talk definition.
1: bad about family. in those uh,
0: <laughs> uh, She was Miss Tennessee. What year was she Miss Tennessee? 1931. Miss Tennessee. Lady Claire Harless. And the first time I ever met her. And she stood all about four foot nothing, right? She was this petite little thing and a uh, big personality. And the first time I met her was uh, this, the day after mine and Rachel's first date. Their family moves a little quick, by the way. And, <laughs> And so we're sitting around a table, and it's time for dessert. And uh, the uh, her aunt uh, Linda, who makes the best pecan pie, uh, brings it out. And I'm 22 years old. And she says in front of me oh, a piece of pie, befitting a 22-year-old guest. It was a nice, it wasn't a piece so much as a wedge, <laughs> right? And then she sits next to Lady Claire, who was in her 90s at this time. A piece of pie befit for a very small, petite woman. 90s. And Lady Claire is sitting right next to me and everybody's around me and she looks at her slides. and She looks at my slides. <laughs> Scarce resources power. And she looks back at her slides and she grabs my slides and replaces them. <laughs> <laughs> and what did I do? <laughs> Nothing.
1: That's called power index stuff. That's, too, exactly, right? that's exactly right.
0: And so conflict management then is any collection of actions, responses, processes, and or systems that help manage, improve, or prevent the curation of relationships. That's a lot of words to say conflict managers where we take the thing that hurts and we try to make it better. Steve, do you wanna do the next thing? Oh, no, we gotta do this. No, okay, this is your video. This is important. How many people have ever seen The Office? If you haven't, I'm sorry. Let's see if I can get this going. Uh oh. Yeah. this worked I did this five times while the sermon was finishing oh, okay. oh, it's, you skipped church down here and rang no I was, I was down here okay. for most of it All right. so guys talk amongst yourselves <laughs> what should I have done when she switched my pie
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well you keep playing I'll keep talking
1: So I'm interested for you guys as he looks at this or doesn't look at. Think about. trying to express yourself, was there something that kept you from expressing yourself or was it you tried and it didn't fear work? fear of rejection or not being accepted. Okay, good. So this, the the issue of dealing with conflict is you're really taking a risk. We'll talk about anybody else. Yeah?
0: Dealing with fight versus flight. It's like you know, not wanting to fight as a Christian and wanting to flee from it, but yet you've got to stand up for yourself so where's the balance? Where's and so there's Multiple level
1: stuff going on, right? One of those is our understanding of Christianity. And what I call the Nashville Knights of Southern Christianity, the idea somehow that I'm just gonna keep coals on their heads by being out nicing them. And there's a certain we'll talk about later a certain percentage of the population that actually doing that is like pouring blood in the water for a shark. And yet we feel guilty about saying things that might hurt people's feelings. That's one level. Another level, we're going to talk about right after this, is your own personal way you tend to want to engage difficulty. And there's all kinds, we all have different ways of doing that, and then we challenge that, all right? And we'll come back to that as soon as he promises me this works. Man, come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, forgetting it? What, what am I doing? Here we go. All right. Okay, so this is the disputed poster. Now, one at a time. I want you to express your feelings using I-emotion mm-hmm. language <laughs> and no judging or you statements. I got this poster for Christmas,
0: and I feel I'm to see it every day. It makes me feel like the babies are the true artists, and God has a really cute sense of humor.
1: Come on, seriously, that
0: I don't like looking
1: <laughs> at it. It's creepy <laughs> and in bad taste. It's just offensive to me. It makes me think of the horrible, frigid stage mothers who forced the babies into it. It's kitsch, it's the opposite of art. It destroys art, it destroys souls. This is so much more offensive to me than hardcore porn, okay, 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 stop, stop. Let's see if we can just brainstorm and find some creative alternatives that are win-win. Win. Yes, thank you. Win-win-win. Angela makes the poster into a t-shirt which Oscar wears. That way he can never see it and whenever she looks at the poster, <laughs> she can see it. When not with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, brainstorm. Own the solution. How about I leave it up? How about she takes it down? How about Angela can keep it up on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Okay. That is called a compromise. And it is style three. And it's not ideal to so <laughs> We win. Make a poster in T-shirt. We lose. Make a poster Down. Compromise Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the answer is... Make the poster into a t shirt. Win the. It. it is done. So there you go. You know, if you've ever, it, this uh, that show makes fun of everything. But it does. The great thing about it, it really does kind of bring this weird kind of way we approach conflict. We're all looking for a, a little switch to turn, a little thing to say, and it'll all work out all right. The the bottom line is managing difficult relationships. You can test yourself right here Managing difficult relationships is this long-term process that engages how you deal with difficult people and how you and how you plan to engage others who are different than you, right? And so I we really debated about doing this. This is my idea, so if you hate it, don't blame like that. Uh going can read all this. You can go home and read. Stuff later. This is a really, really simple <coughs> thing called style matters. You can go to page uh, four, or seven. One of the pages here. we we'll to let you real quickly. Take about five minutes to do this. I want you to self-test. <laughs> okay, page four. Page. Hey, this does. Before you get too far into it, it's a very. <laughs> this is based on some work that. This is like. The, the super easy version of how people tend to engage content. All right, there's five different possible styles. What I like about Craybill is it asks you to think about how you engage difficulty in two different contexts. The first one, I believe, is uh, in call. Right. So you're going to have a series of questions that are kind of blue there, and it's going to ask you a series of things to respond or make a statement you respond to. It's a lighter scale. Everything from be- barely all the way to usually or completely. And on the first half, it's calm. So man, just pretend. Whatever context it is. Let's say it's work. Let's say it's Monday morning. You had a, Or this Tuesday morning, you had a great Labor Day weekend. You got your, you know, Salty caramel mocha, your dessert for <laughs> breakfast. You're sitting there, you're relaxed, everything's awesome, and this difficult person walks in the room and engages you. Right? That's the calm stage. How you doing? You're doing great. They'll ask you a series of questions like it's Wednesday afternoon, the kids are calling, one of them sick, You can't
0: get out of the office, the husband can't get, he's not answering his cell phone, and it's all
1: falling apart, and that person walks in. You see what I'm saying? So real, just take, it's gonna take about three or four, minutes minutes but go through and circle your uh, your response on one to seven don't overthink it just first reaction circle a response to each statement And then when you're done, when you finish all the way through, kind of raise your hand on, I guess, a feel for how far off we're getting. We won't do this every. apparently <clears throat> work. Anybody done? That mm-hmm. it you you know, know. No, so, when you finish, there's a score sheet. Those who are done, otherwise, just keep scoring, ignore my talking. And uh, basically, just <laughs> see this page right here, it says palette sheet. And all you've got to do is write the numerical value. So you'll see A, G, K, right? So just whatever you circle, you score within the box that compares to it. So whatever you put on A, each, you know, you put your your number down within the box.
0: We'll do something a little less hard next time, like yeah. taxes. <laughs>
1: Harmonizing Is everything going okay? Any questions? Not everybody feeling confused or overwhelmed by this. And then you add them just vertically. Just like in kindergarten, second grade or whatever you started adding. Just add those two box, each two box things vertically write down the uh, total number below three column. So A and G is added together, K and F is added together, DNA is added together. This is an MMPI for people social science background here. This is merely a snapshot of, of the And then do me a favor, once you've done that, wrap down your, your highest score in calm and your highest score in storm, like which, which is it cooperating, directing, or whatever. And then your lowest styling storming. Is it okay over here? Well, oh. mm-hmm. no. are <laughs> so, Um, and call avoiding. No. And Let's uh, I love that radio. Okay. So is anybody anybody surprised by their scores in here? Usually not. Who's not through? I'll make sure that we kind of see what we said. All right, a couple, a couple minutes. more minutes. Well, I don't you the call. I didn't So I and I want to show you to show i i I'm going to I'm going to Alright, now I know that uh, I'm I'm rushing you guys along, but we only have a little bit of time for class, so we don't want to put people in the difficult spot. So basically, this is uh, some really good work out of a, a couple of researchers over the years who were looking at leadership and how you deal with people, and they basically said there's two major challenges when we have the difficulty with people. Think about it. Number one is the issue at hand, right? So there's this deal we got to deal with and the relationship that's going on. And, and if that combination of those two things puts you, you know, in a difficult spot and how you, how you tend to deal with issues and relationships also has something to do with the style you're engaging. Alright? I laugh. I say, oh, leadership really comes down to those two things, Doug. I mean, it's how do I get done what i got to get done and how do I keep relationships with people when I do it, right? And that really comes down to how we engage people. All of us have preferences. There's about five different styles you do. All of us have preferences. I, if you are capable or feel like getting up, I'm going to do something kind of different. I want to see where we group. The five styles, of course, are avoid, harmonize, direct, Compromise or cooperate. And we'll describe those in a minute. Mm-hmm. All of you who are avoiders, in calm, let's go with calm. In calm, if your first preference is to <clears throat> avoid, I'd like you to come and stand by this sign over here. All right? So, avoiders, get up. I know there's some of you here. It's hard that we started with the avoiders.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I, was
1: really hoping I, I always start. hope they go last and then to be forced to show up. So, <laughs> if you're an avoider, all right? If you're a comprom- uh a com- competitive person or a directive person, please come and stand over here. In calm, your favorite thing you to do is to tell people what to do. Come over here, right? How about harmonizer? Your preference is to get along. You're right over there. Now, if you if you remain seated, I'm assuming that you're all of these or none of these. Uh, cooperators, you're right over there. Compromisers, you're right back there. All right, everybody kind of finds a spot. What if you're in the middle? Pick one.
0: <laughs> if you have, if you have
1: uh, scores that match, so you, can, and that's perfectly okay. It's normal. Just pick one of those most like you. Look at the harmonizers. Good Christian people. We're all gonna get along.
0: Like now. Those in each each
1: group, I have an exercise for you, those in each group, I want you to spend one minute talking about what's really great about the way you deal with conflict, your style. What's great about being an avoider, what's great about being a compromiser, director, whatever. Take one minute right now, come up with at least one thing that's great about the way you do it. Ready? Go for it. Yes, I'm
0: <laughs> I I mean I would like to filter through this worth of hard painting it's I feel like I don't fight it for that. Or to fight a battle. I about it. Yeah, I can I can filter to save this. We have a high uh level of series. Yes. yes. When yes. Not I like that. <laughs> But
1: you're supposed to talk it up, like
0: talk about the best thing What do you Blood
1: pressure down.
0: I'm Okay.
1: All right, real, right yeah, now all right, the door right. rounds, real quickly, you guys tell us really what awesome <laughs> thing about your side. I'm right, gonna start with the people who would want to talk to you the least about this? Be the <laughs> <laughs> so what's really awesome thing about being an avoider?
0: So we're considerate. We have lower blood pressure, the real <laughs> answer, um, and we are the most discerning of when something is actually worth fighting.
1: Okay. So my wife is an avoider. She scores high on the avoiding scale. And she calls it the worth it scale. Because I have a high worth it scale. I would have say is that worth me being involved in? Most of the time it's not. Right? And so because of that she doesn't own a lot of stuff that I own. I right? hear you saying I'm not upset worth I don't deal with it. You know? And she moves on, right? That's a very useful and powerful tool to circle back it. Let's go to. I would go to harmonizer. So on this scale, of course, here's avoider. What we'll I have to talk about it real quick. So avoider, avoiding works really, really well <coughs> when neither the issue nor the relationship are super important to you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know, you ever had try ever have anybody who you didn't like try to get you to do something you didn't want to do before, mm-hmm. right? And us southerners, well, especially Christians, we all feel obligated. I feel like I ought to be involved, you know. Divorters don't struggle with that so much. They got to look at that and say, you know, I don't really want to do that or give to that or be gazing at, and I'm not worried enough about what you think about me to lie in bed and do something. You know, go do something I don't want to do. So avoiding is a really great tool when neither the issue nor the long-term relationship really, really matter to you a whole lot at that point, right? Now, cutting over here to harmonize. So let's go up the relationship side. Harmonizers. What's really great about the, being a harmonizer? He said everyone gets their way and you said the meeting's over quicker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see Doug being the <laughs> old pragmatist, right? <laughs> Doug, what do what, uh, you say meeting's over quicker?
0: What do you mean by that? Well, it's a good use of if your if you're, if you're anxious about your time and this is a uh, low priority, uh, then meeting's over soon. So, so the
1: bottom line is harmonizers care way more, tend to care way more way more about relationship many times than the issue at hand, right? Is uh, anybody have somebody they work with, they've got to keep relationship with them no matter what. You really can't afford to offend those people. You know, and so getting in an argument with somebody that you can't afford to offend is not always productive. Is that fair enough? And so learning that sometimes some of the smartest things you can do is to harmonize. So I will tell real quick, my oldest son was in the military, and he, is, he was uh, in uh, Air Force, the Chair Force, as other friends called it. But he was in the Air Force out at out Utah, outside Salt Lake City. And he, when he first got there, he couldn't get on base, so he lived in an apartment in town, and he had one day off. And every Saturday morning there's one religious group that's a little larger than others. They'd come by and they'd knock on the door and try to get him to do things. He called me up and he's like, Dad, every Saturday morning they knock on my door, you know? And uh, and he said, I, I'm just gonna kill a goat pay the pentagram on the door. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm thinking, well, so I'm thinking this. I say, Do you want to convert? He's like, No. You want to be their friend? No. Then the answer is what? Don't answer the door. But he would, he would say, oh, that would be, so he wants to kill a goat and paint the pentagram on the door, right, and so this is what happens, though, is, is the abhorters know, I don't want to have that conversation. The hominizers, would get up and do what when they rang on that doorbell? What would you do?
0: You'd open the door, you'd talk
1: to them, you'd take their material, you'd be super nice to them, you know, because for you, that relationship matters a lot. You don't want to offend somebody. Quickly. Uh, directives. What's one great thing about being a directive person?
0: I don't even know what being a directive person is. Okay. <laughs> what do you guys
1: think about being directive? Um,
0: you're, I mean, just looking at that, you're passion, really passionate about something so much so that you're willing to sacrifice the relationship. I think directive
1: is also willing to say, this is what I think. This is what we should do. This is where we should go. This is how we should handle it. Right, More willing to kind of give direction about what should happen rather than work with the other side. And fair enough, directive tends to really great if you're very interested in getting stuff done. One of the great things about being directive is you get stuff done. You move through it and you get it done. What's the downside of directive?
0: Sometimes you'll
1: tip some people off, right? I mean, the process, but it, but it's there, you know. And right, you up
0: against another director. And what happens if we have more than one
1: directive person on the team? Yeah, you've seen that, <laughs> that one. You've seen that one. We'll talk about it. That's real quick, compromises. <laughs> where are you? One yeah. great thing about a compromise. <laughs> yeah. You're right, we're cutting a deal. <laughs> we want to see, I guess both sides have. And- Okay, good, so the compromises are kind of willing to give and take and get there, right? And we'll talk more about this, but compromising works in very specific situations pretty well. And sometimes, you know, it can be a problem, especially when you've got a highly manipulative person yeah. on your team who will take advantage of your compromises, right? <laughs> Finally, cooperative. That's, that's when one likes to pull everybody to the table, get them all involved, right? What's good about being a cooperative person? What's great for when you think about that? We said everybody was Okay. Everybody gets heard. Now, it's interesting. So, in a lot of the literature right now that we read, it seems like you all push toward cooperative. Every you know, even society, all voices need to be heard. Everybody needs to be at the table. Diversity is very important. There's a downside to being a cooperative. You guys know what it is. What's a challenge about being cooperative? It takes forever. <laughs> it's a very long <laughs> process. <laughs> right? Go ahead and sit. come sit back down. Uh, so What's that? Do we have time to move them? Uh, no. We'll hit that next one. So here's, I know we're about time. we we've got five minutes left. We're trying to squeeze like hours worth of these. But here's, here's what I want you to see. Every, everybody has a preferred style, right? But everybody can do all of these. And when you enter into, one, one of the tools I want to give you coming in is you need to think entering into a, a difficult moment with somebody, does my preferred style fit how I have to deal with that person? Right? Because if, if I'm an avoider by nature, but I'm dealing with somebody who's highly directive or highly cooperative, who's always wanting my, my engagement, it drives me crazy. She's not here now, so I use an example. My wife is an avoider and she's a very quiet person. And so she said, maybe get up and talk to people, are right? First thing she said, and I'm like, Oh yeah, she's well I'm teaching the children's class. So I'm going. <laughs> That's an avoider. She's not gonna sit here and get drugged into stuff. She, that's not her thing. The fact is, whatever your style is, a great example. What happens when a harmonizer gets connected with a director? You get run over. Get run over. Right? That's long-term enduring conflict. That's called abusive relationship in some ways. So, the directive person constantly just walks on top of the other person who gives in and gives in. Uh, and then the cooperator, you're, you're great if you're in an environment where pulling everybody together is productive. But I'm telling you, not every set of problems fits your style. And not only do you have to think in terms of, hey, I'm a cooperator, but good grief! You ever met somebody who thinks every time they got to make a decision they have to ask everybody what they think? That's a miserable environment to work in, right? You only want to be cooperative if both the issue and the task are complicated, and I mean, the, the issue and the relationship are complicated and long-term and need lots of input. There's loads of the times you just need to make a decision, you need to cut a deal, compromise it is just to let it go all of you have a preferred style but all of you are capable of doing all of them so i will say for our first introduction is that conflict is a choice and how we deal with conflict is a choice it's not you're not a victim you're not born at birth with it it's something you choose to do the first thing as you leave here your skill set to practice one of your practices this week is when you get in a conflict with somebody, you have to start to ask yourself two questions real quick. How important is the task and how important is the relationship? And when you answer those two questions, you can pick which of those five styles you want to use. Is that making sense to everybody? And that will lay the foundation for our further talk,
0: okay? All right, so uh, we'll be back here next week
1: and bring those with you. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about... The and you won't get both of us, after this we rotate, so you won't get over teacher burn or whatever. That's
0: right, yeah. Okay, so, real quick, uh, before next week, take two or three scriptures that when you think of an conflict and how you should act, and maybe it helped inform what you do and why you do it. And then also, think about your life experience that shaped how you approach the opportunity and disagreement. So next week, when we come back, we'll start with the storm, so bring those, and we'll do this as well. All right? And I promise I will end on time every week for so your free go. Right. Thanks, guys.